0: Discounts not available in all states and situations.
1: There's no place to escape to. This is the last. Oh, yes. On the left. <laughs> right from your blade. That's when the cannibalism started.
0: So my problem with Jack the Ripper, what I realized before, it's like I'm missing a lot of what's scary about Jack the Ripper, because I keep imagining all of these characters as Muppets, like for Muppets from Christmas. <laughs> well, can you imagine if the Muppets did Jack the
2: Ripper? I mean, it would be awesome. Just all the felt guts. Yeah, miss played with. Miss Piggy just getting stabbed to death by Jack the Ripper.
0: Man, Michael Kane. Cutting up Miss Piggy from her vagina up to her neck, no. just playing with her guts.
2: <laughs> All right. Welcome to the last podcast on the left, everyone. I am Ben Kissel. That's Marcus Parks. And, of course, we got Henry Zabrowski. But actually, Jack the Ripper is very scary. I was yes. talking about
1: this
0: with Natalie last night about how, like, you you start to really think about realistically Whitechapel was pretty bad
2: yeah it was just like queens (laughs) the town you grew up in absolutely (laughs) atrocious it's queens but with more fog (laughs) that's true um all right well we got part two of jack the ripper coming up right now and this one i gotta say uh squirm alert it is full of blood. I guess we talked. It's a wet episode. Uh, and it's in a the wet most, episode. It's disgusting, quite frankly. So uh, I'm excited to hear some details.
1: Yeah, we're jumping right back in with the murder of Annie Chapman. See, Annie Chapman was described in every book I read as short and plump in her mid-40s and dying of consumption. Mm, short yes, and plump. Apparently, she had what was called, when I was reading, I'm reading the
0: mammoth book of Jack the Ripper, edited by Maxine jubowski um and it said that she had a membrane of the brain disease yes. which I don't really understand it's like one of those like weird 1800s disease where it's just like it's just prozy cough yes. i think that's what they called
2: it <laughs> and she is the great great grandmother of tracy chapman yeah. as a matter of fact oh. and she sang a car a song called Buggity car <laughs> and she was looking for one kind of exciting tracy chapman i love that song fast car i love it I too. too great
1: song. No, no as annie chapman had particularly dark hair her friends all called her dark annie But there is some debate as to whether Chapman was a prostitute or not. Some say she was just a rough and rowdy woman who loved rum and getting drunk on Saturdays and only on Saturdays. Like Jackie. (laughs)
2: Yes, exactly. Just like your sister, Jackie
1: Zabrowski. Uh, They say that Annie Chapman actually made her money crocheting and selling fake flowers and matches, but it's thought that she was lumped in with a life of prostitution due to her being a woman of, quote, drunken and immoral ways. Okay, I
2: just got to ask, how has your life gone wrong if you're not a prostitute, but people think you are, and then you're like, no, I I make a living selling fake flowers and I crochet. (laughs) What happened? I think it
0: just essentially means you're very friendly. I think a lot of people in Whitechapel, in the time, I would maybe describe them as standoffish, maybe not the most friendly people on the face of the planet because everyone's either a secret cop, a prostitute, or trying to kill a cop or a prostitute. So I, think you just I imagine described- anybody who's outgoing is possibly a prostitute. Also, yeah. Annie Chapman did technically make love, I'm going to put it that way, in order to pay for her living situation.
1: Casually. They said uh-huh. that if she was a prostitute, huh. she did it casually rather than a full-on career choice. So she was wearing khakis, <laughs> maybe something like that. Then. So well, It's th-
0: like, oh, I'm casually a prostitute because essentially Natalie pays me every year by buying me a birthday gift.
2: <laughs> you were a prostitute
0: for your birthday yeah. gift? and I like to give it whenever it's allowed for me to give
2: it. <laughs> what did your disgusting sex life get for you this year? I got a lovely print for my office. <laughs> good, good work. I
0: got
1: yeah. a lovely print for my birthday as well. Did you have to sex your body? <laughs> yeah. Or sell it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. It's great. It's got a gun on it, and it says, Read or Die. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> One of a kind. She had it made for me. Oh, that's very nice. I guess you did some extra fondling this year. <laughs> <laughs> so on the evening of September 7th, 1888, a Friday, I might add, not a Saturday, Annie showed up at the lodging house where she had been staying and said that she'd been in the infirmary. As days earlier, she had gotten into a drunken brawl with another lodger over a bar of soap and had been badly beaten by the other woman. Mm. That's how little soap was around.
0: Right. (laughs) They literally had to fight each other for the soap, and she was missing teeth from it, right? Or was that just because of her attitude and lifestyle.
1: That was attitude and lifestyle. She had been missing teeth for quite a while. In fact, most of Jack the Ripper victims were missing teeth. I think I'm just surprised at their ambition to get clean. (laughs) You know, that's kind of refreshing in a certain
2: way. It would be a great every spring commercial.
0: But she also apparently had a story that what she'd tell her friends is that the reason why she was missing her teeth is because she was trapped on a sinking boat and a man was crawling on the rope above her to escape from the belly of the ship and accidentally kicked her in the face that was her cool
2: story so they were gonna let her go down with the ship yeah
1: oh yeah not only i thought only the cooks did that (laughs) so annie sat in the kitchen of the lodging house drunk as a skunk and pleading for the manager to let her stay the night but he told her that if she could find money for beer she could find money for a bet and so he kicked her out into the night to her doom. Oh. Now, eyewitnesses in this case are extremely suspect. It seems like for every murder, there were 10 people who saw the deceased talking to one person or another, even if they didn't know the deceased. Of course, they just hear a description of her and they're like, oh, yeah, a week ago I saw a woman who looked just like that talking to a man with a thick, carroty mustache. Well, can you imagine being a police officer and everyone that you speak with that is a possible eyewitness
2: all act like Randy Quaid? <laughs> like the smart one is. Is Randy Quaid, and then you have <laughs> to go dumber from there.
0: Whitechapel must have some of the. I'm also going to put this very kindly. Unreliable human beings that have ever existed on the face <laughs> of the planet. Everybody is hammered, and everyone is really excited to talk to a cop when they're not in trouble with the cops. Exactly. It's like in, like in, in the show Cops. It's yes, exactly. like the guy be like, Well, you know, I, I could, if I could judge, 55 yards. If, if, if 55 yards, if it was an inch from me, I saw seven foot Tutma. Seven foot tall. Had to be. He was where or he was half giraffe. Either way. My brother Dale got a parking ticket last week. Trying to flip it.
2: There, there is nothing more fun than talking to the cops when you're not in trouble. <laughs> man, that's a good time.
1: So the last person to claim to see Annie Chapman alive would be a Mrs. Elizabeth Long, who noticed her walking with a man along Hanbury Street at 5.30 a.m. And although the man had his back to her, Long maintained that he appeared to be, quote, foreign, which was the London byword for Jewish. Ah, I see. And Long said that she heard the man say, Will you? To which Annie replied, Yep!
2: <laughs> Here I will, yeah!
1: Two times if we can!
2: I like her. She's, she's my kind of gal. Strong.
1: And so the two disappeared into the backyard of 29 Hambury Street, but only one would come out alive.
0: This is the other problem, too, with the eyewitnesses of people seeing the the, seeing these these victims right before they died is it it sounds like these prostitutes had a really high turnover rate in in fucking Whitechapel Mm. because I don't think these guys were seeing to their pleasure. No. You know what I mean? They were ripping through prostitutes. Oh, like, it yeah. was literally 30 seconds because he's about to come as breeches anyway, just from the shaking of a horse because he's been in a prison <laughs> yard oh, for yeah. how many months for good doing? God knows what, stealing a fish from a lamppost, some British crime.
2: A fish from a lamppost, huh? I don't know. <laughs> well, how'd the and fish get some, up there?
0: God's good because it was the lampposts. I if don't... you nail something to a lamppost uh. in Great Britain, it now
2: belongs to the lamppost. So You're telling me a bunch of people got arrested for stealing fish out of lampposts.
0: I'm not saying a bunch. I'm just saying it was a cop looking for excuse to put somebody behind bars because cops can make a blood freeze. That's a good point. But the, I feel like there's a lot of that happening. So they'll see somebody. They'll see one like see somebody go w- with their carroty mustache with Annie Chapman. But you know, she caught a, probably could have slept with two other dudes. In the meantime,
1: well, a lot of uh, the witnesses uh, that saw these uh, women before they were murdered, a lot of them, there are two or three witnesses say, like, I saw him with a man that looked like a sailor. I saw a man that she was with uh, an hour later with a thin mustache. I mean, these women would go through three to four men every single night.
2: It's only two options. You saw a man with her that looked like a sailor or a butcher those are the only two men what are the other men other than the sad homeowners who constantly have vagrants prostituting themselves in the back of their fucking house <laughs> It, it, why would you even get a backyard? It's just a its a brothel. <laughs> you finally buy a house and it's just a stomping grounds for a series of disgusting semen.
0: Just a beautiful little children's playground with slides and stuff and you're just like, I will built it with my own two hands <laughs> so I can watch my lovely, oh god, this come on it. Oh god, it's just covered in spider webs
2: and spider webs of Jason. Becky, stop this licking the a- slide.
0: <laughs> Look, Doddy, it's icing the boat Biker must have come. Uh. Yeah the biker did come. <laughs>
1: <laughs> mm. Well, in <laughs> one of those backyards, specifically the one at twenty-nine Hambury Street, Jack the Ripper took Annie Chapman, back there alone, strangled her, Mm. then took her by the chin with his right hand and slashed open her throat with a sharp, thin blade. Mm. And as she lay on the ground, the Ripper evidently tried to remove Chapman's head as there were attempts to cut through the spine. He then moved down to the torso. He opened up her stomach, pulled out her intestines, and draped them over her right shoulder to get them out of the way. He had not cut them loose, as what he was interested in was located behind those organs. What the Ripper actually wanted was Annie's uterus. He ripped it out of her body, taking a portion of the abdominal wall, including the navel, two-thirds of her bladder, and Mm. the upper third of her vagina with him, and disappeared through the maze-like streets of Whitechapel.
2: I do have a question. So he took her... Uh, intestines made a sash out of them. Did he actually (laughs) know? Do you think he actually knew what he was going for? Like when he got the uterus or was that just,
1: he just so happened to grab the uterus. A ton of speculation on that, which we'll get into later.
0: Honestly, he's obviously looking for something. And so he's either a psychopath or the most curious man who's ever been.
2: Yeah. My goodness. Um, Brutal.
0: And
1: that's, yeah, that is rough. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's rough. But they had enough medical expertise to know that something was missing, obviously.
1: Oh, of course. No, no, no. Medicine at this time, I mean, this was only 100 years ago. Uh, This really wasn't that long ago. They, of course, like all the names were there, you know, they knew where everything was.
0: and uh, and surgeons don't want to tell you this but honestly if you open up the human guts if you look at and know the human body they are numbered (laughs) there's a little one, two, three and if you know number seven's missing really? Yeah, but this is also very similar to uh, Yeah, with obsession with the uterus.
1: Yeah, a, yeah. a lot of, uh, and, and in fact, you know, there's some possible connections to Chickatillo later on. Now, Annie's mm. mutilated body was found by a man named John Davis just a few minutes after she was killed as John was walking down the steps to go to the outhouse before he went to work that day.
2: Ooh, that's a bad morning. <laughs> that is rough. First of all, you have to go to the outhouse just to, you know, use the, uh, the lavatory, and then you come across that just having to fight
0: with the people online for the outhouse because you know no one's happy about it everyone's like all right baby i've got the biggest shit here i'll show you i'll show you i'll do it right outside so you can see i need to be in there first and then they do a pre-shit outside of the outhouse before (laughs) even getting inside just to move along in the line because everyone's just been like yeah you're right that's a bigger shit than i've got i know it is
1: (laughs) No, it could be that this murder was a clear case of escalation. On the first murder, he just opens up the abdomen but takes nothing. Then on the next, he takes it a step further by taking a trophy with him, as serial killers are wont to do. Or, it could be that he was interrupted or got spooked on his first go-through and didn't have enough time to get what he wanted.
2: Well, now I can't stop thinking about the outhouse. (laughs) And and if you're in an outhouse, they don't have toilet paper. I'm just thinking maybe like four raccoon Tails nailed to the wall, and everyone <laughs> yes. just sort of like gropes them, and then they leave. Everybody was shit smeared and
0: cold soaked. Oh. It was Whitechapel. Nobody smelled good. No. Nobody smiled unless it was a, a way to warn somebody or trick somebody into trusting you. It's a bad. It's a bad town. Yes, indeed. Um, but also, there there were other crimes before these uh, the eleven Whitechapel murders. And besides the five Whitechapel murders, so you remember that one thing about the it was a beheaded and dearmed and de-legged torso that was found. Yeah, they found a there few like, torsos. Yes, and so they found a, f- a couple of torsos. You know what I mean? <laughs> so one of four. So it could possibly be he was interrupted and he's already been comm- committing these crimes. But it does seem like this is an obvious escalation mm-hmm. that now he's starting. He's starting to get like into it and starting to see what what's really satisfying to him.
2: And it's five thirty in the morning when this happens. He knows that guy's got to wake up at some point uh, in the near future to go take his morning dump before work. How long do you think this actually took?
1: Uh, this I th- they estimate that it took about forty five minutes or so. Because oh, a long time. Because there was a guy uh, that was in that courtyard about 45 minutes earlier, uh, and of course, like he saw nothing uh, back then. But the other thing was is that it was actually very difficult for them to establish time of death with Annie Chapman, uh, because since she had been disemboweled, when the stomach is opened up and all the intestines are taken out, the body temperature drops drastically, and it was a chilly night. And really, at the time, the only real... Uh, Uh, indication they had for time of death was how warm the body was Mm. so they really didn't know Okay. God, and you just do that by sticking your finger in it.
2: Yeah, it's really just, it's the old, it's the pie test to figure out if
1: the rhubarb pie is ready to be eaten, but then that's a human body. Well, they did know that there was no struggle with Annie Chapman, and they knew that was, there was no evidence that the killer left in a hurry. He pretty much just sauntered away with a uterus, a navel, and the upper third of her vagina. Well, I really don't want to think about him sauntering away <laughs> with...
0: Grocery shopping done. (laughs) I love to complete a list. Uh, Nothing is more satisfying than crossing off the list. (gasps) Milk, eggs, uterus. (laughs) Now it's time to get my penis pundled
2: with. Yes. Oh,
0: I should have just done that, huh?
2: (laughs) No, I'm not convinced he's not a cartoon
1: walrus. And also, nobody heard a thing. Amelia Richardson, who rented the entire ground floor in the building next to the yard, she heard nothing. Nor did Harriet Hardiman, who sublet the ground floor back rooms where she operated the local cat meat shop.
2: (laughs) Is that really cat meat? Or is that how, like, or is it like cat meat, like... C A T M E E T, bring your cats and the cats can meet. No, it's not Brooklyn. Oh. You
0: can't go to a rent your cat store like you could do in Brooklyn. Now you uh, could just, it's literally just boiling whatever loose meat comes off of a cat. Oh I don't think God. there's a lot of meat on a cat.
1: No, there no. absolutely is not. But it did, uh, that does not change the fact that Harriet Hardiman did run a cat meat shop. That was uh, actually a little uh, detail I found in capturing Jack the Ripper, which is one of the most factually accurate Jack the Ripper books out. There. So that cat meat shop, it existed. Well, cultural differences of the time, we can't judge her for that. <laughs> cultural
0: differences. Also she just loved to hear him scream.
1: <laughs> 17 hmm. people lived in the building uh, that Annie Chapman was found outside of and none of them heard a sound from her or from Jack the Ripper. He worked quickly as there had been another man in the yard less than an hour before Annie was found as I said and he saw nothing and Jack the Ripper worked silently making him all the more terrifying. It made him into a I mean he was truly a boogeyman he was a ghost and he remains so to this day
0: my sister is the best gift giver I've ever met of any person it's Jackie Zabrowski she shops all year thinking about her family and friends and puts little things aside for their birthdays and Christmases I have no idea how she does it I don't know how she do it but guess what she always wins Mother's Day but not this year I'm coming back Ready to win Mother's Day and cement your reputation as the best gift giver in the family? I'm taking the crown. All right. Give the moms in your life an aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. I mean this. We have the aura frame up in my home. We absolutely love it. I can put. Oh, Jews, make a wife smile today. The road to getting engaged can be long and full of memories and pitfalls and landmines. Or it can be short and thrilling, like a roller coaster on the way to the police department. But the road to finding the perfect engagement ring is a straightforward path every time. All you've got to do is head over to BlueNile.com and they're going to ship them rocks straight to your wife's new fingers. On BlueNile.com, you can create a bigger, more brilliant piece than you can imagine. At a price you won't find at a traditional jeweler. Blue Nile is the original online jeweler since 1999. That's present time to me. Their diamond price guarantee means that in most cases, they can meet or beat a competitor's price on a comparable diamond. I know when I got my wife a beautiful Blue Nile necklace, the first thing she did was, what did you do? But afterwards, she was so happy to have it and she loved it and she wore it when we went on vacation. And my own did everybody come around being like, Where'd you get that piece, you beautiful woman? And almost like, Stop talking to my wife. She's spoken for. You can see it with the
2: Blue Nile bling she's got on her.
0: Right now, get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more with code lastpodcast at bluenile.com. That's $50 off with code lastpodcast at bluenile.com. Bluenile.com.
1: Now the doctor who examined Annie and many of the other bodies, a one Dr. George Bagster Phillips, was the first to suggest that the murderer may have had some anatomical knowledge. This was due to the fact that the ripper had located Annie's uterus relatively quickly, and I would also wager the average Englishman in 1888 didn't have a very good idea of what a uterus looked like. Mm-mm.
0: Well they thought that if a woman was on her period she became a witch for 5 days. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I think they still do. I've seen some funny t-shirts in Florida. And they were always like, if, I don't trust anything that bleeds for five days and doesn't die in the fat Yeah, wear My
0: other car is a tampon
1: with wheels. Yeah, stuff like that. <laughs> if we could copyright that, that'd be great. Now, people took this Dr. Jack theory and ran with it as people at the time were absolutely terrified of doctors, seeing them as ghouls who spent their nights robbing graves. Which is actually true. They were ghouls who spent their nights robbing graves. Of course, that's how H.H. Holmes made his living. Since uh, people weren't allowed to use cadavers, you know, dead bodies, uh, for their medical tests, they had to go and get their own. Which is how H.H. Holmes was able to dispose of a lot of his bodies.
0: And then there became a sort of myth and and a folklore about the idea that doctors, or it's, it's it's somewhere, it's a hazy line between truth and rumor. That doctors would do unnecessary surgeries mm-hmm. the idea or the or you think they would they would take lessers people that were lived in the street and they would put them in these section essentially like auditoriums where someone was posted up on a table and they played with their guts and it was just a bunch of guys in mustaches and monocles literally going excellent <laughs> like and you're yeah. like loving it going like Like applauding it afterwards, like it was Prince, R.I.P. Right. It's very sad. It's very strange. But uh, but then it it kind of took off running, where people said all doctors did that. Which just gets to a point where it's like somebody's got to learn science. Yeah. At some point,
2: early medicine
1: uh, is it's macabre stuff. Yeah. Now that doctor theory, it does have some truth to it, as four out of the five doctors who examined the body were of an opinion that the killer possessed anatomical knowledge, but. One out of those four suggested that a butcher or a slaughterer would have that same knowledge. Okay, now, am I dumb here? But isn't
2: that the guy who did it? The guy? The one who's like, it wasn't a doctor. As a doctor, there's no way it was a doctor. It had to be a butcher. Or maybe a sailor. Not me.
0: Excuse me, he chokes up a full uterus. (laughs) Sorry about that. Back to the press conference. Never a doctor. A doctor is
1: always innocent. I
0: say punish the dentist. The dentist is the criminal.
1: Well, the funny thing about that is that uh, Baxter Phillips, when he examined Annie Chapman and uh, when he, I guess, surmised what sort of knife would be used, he said that it was probably not the type that a doctor would use, but rather the type that a coroner would use. Now, we know that serial killers a lot of times will mutilate animals on their way to mutilating human beings. Actually, if I... I had to compare jack the ripper to anyone i would say he would be a more controlled richard chase like well, that his name. crimes
0: are happening over a longer period of time mm-hmm. but he does cover his tracks a little better or the fact that the, the, everybody was running around like a chicken with their head cut off trying to figure out the crimes and people were like cleaning up the bodies before they were done maybe the people couldn't do their police work correctly but they were trying they were really, really yeah. trying, but it does seem like he is a complete and total sexual maniac.
2: And Richard, Chase, doing- Richard chased us to refresh. Now that's the vampire of Sacramento, correct? Right? And he would he would bathe in the guts, almost.
1: Yeah, he would bathe, Yeah, he had a uh, two big spree kills where uh, yeah he would bathe in blood. He would bathe in the guts. He really. I mean, he also had uh, anatomical knowledge, but that was because uh, he had a shit ton of books that he had mm. uh, studied to find out where the specific body parts that he wanted were. Oof. Now, there is another option here with Jack the Ripper. I think that it is entirely within the realm of possibility that the killer may have had anatomical knowledge because he had killed before in a different locale. Just because these were the first murders committed in London does not mean that they were the first murders that the Ripper committed. What if the Ripper began his career elsewhere, possibly the countryside, where the locations were more secluded, where he had more time to explore, and where he could easily bury a body after he had done his business? Now, while Mm. many serial killers do tend to have comfort zones, it is possible that the Ripper moved to London because he needed more of a thrill, the possibility of being caught. But yeah. this is only speculation, and I have no evidence to back that up.
2: Can I just say this? Usually we talk about uh, you know escalation, and sometimes serial killers kill animals, such as cats. This is a town where there's a cat meat shop. Um, <laughs> so how cat. the hell do you – he's just the best person working at the bakery.
0: <laughs> you literally just took the joy away from him because there's so many people there killing many types of animals. For jobs, right. for fun, <laughs> so it's like he's get that's not he doesn't get the same thrill. Right. What you're talking about, Marcus, though, lends towards the belief that H. H. Holmes was the Jack the Ripper oh.
1: murderer. Like, if you, if you want to get into that weird conspiracy yeah, theory, but, which I think is horseshit. No, it's total horseshit. No, I'm saying like, I mean, if if this guy uh, was somewhere else in England, and say he was traveling around the, he was transiting, he was traveling around the countryside. Somebody like Andre Chikatilo, who killed in a lot of different locations. You know, it could be that he was experimenting while he was out there in the countryside and gained an anatomical knowledge from actually murdering people and rooting around in there to find what exactly he wanted. Hmm.
0: But this is also saying he knew what a uterus looked like and he knew to take the uterus unless he just opened up the body and the uterus. I'm just going to jump on a limb here and say if you're thinking like Jack the Ripper – The uterus is a fun looking thing. Right? It's got two flappies on either side. It's connected to a thing. It looks like a little bow tie or a bolo tie. Like you could have fun with it. You could swing it around like those old timey Macy things, like you used to do with Robin Hood. And they would throw it and knock people off of horses. Maybe. I don't necessarily yes, I don't think necessarily he knew he was looking for a uterus. He was just like, Oh, look. It's bean bags, and just like cut out the, he just cut out the thing and squeezes them a bunch. Because remember, Chickatillo, like the uterus, because he said it was specifically very chewy. Mm-hmm. If you deal with that, and he's just having fun with it, going like, Aah! that takes yeah. away the doctor thing altogether, because and, we didn't see him doing it.
2: And of course, this did happen in the morning, and television, you know, wasn't invented yet, so you didn't have shows like the Teletubbies. And let's be honest, the uterus kind of looks like a Teletubby.
0: That's interesting. That is interesting.
1: (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you very much. So anyway, once Annie Chapman's body had been removed from the yard, people living at 29 Hanbury Street noticed the crowd gathering to take a look at the latest crime scene. Being horrifically poor and wanting to make a pound however they could, the tenants charged six pence a person to get a bird's eye view of the crime scene. That was two pence more than what Annie would have made that morning had her client been a normal John and not Jack the Ripper.
2: It's also wasn't isn't it four pence for a bed? Yeah, the, I mean so six. They're just spending all of their money to look at a corpse.
1: Well, four pence yeah. a bed. I mean the the people in the common lodging houses. I mean that was the poorest of the poor. Okay. Not everybody in oh, Whitechapel right. lived in a common lodging house. Okay. I mean it was a working. It was very much a working class neighborhood, but it was just you know crime ridden and filthy, and it, it was uh, it smelled like rotting flesh constantly because of all the slaughterhouses That's and everyone's true. walking around covered in blood all the time. You had to have all those, the time. You had to have those <laughs> home buyers so they could have a
2: backyard that would then allow them to have a bunch they of corpses They need
1: Chip there. and JoJo from
0: Fixer Uppers. Oh. That's what they would have except Chip and JoJo, I imagine, would have been raped and left for dead in one of the alleys, only because of yeah. their attitudes they're too trusting. Sure. Again, you have to be—and again, to your point, Gisle, they had no television. No television. So this is—six pence. To see a bunch of cops forced to do their job, that's right. incredible.
2: Yeah, it's the first cop. With any luck, a llama will be loose in the city. And that those are always the best cops when wild game get loose in whoa, urban settings. Whoa, whoa.
0: <laughs> my dad,
2: did I ever tell you that story?
0: No. About how my when my dad used to work on the Midtown Tunnel, they went and there was a massive holdup. There was like a something happening. They found a U-Haul truck at Jackknife in the middle of the Midtown Tunnel, and he showed up. Being like, what's the problem? Because my dad was in charge of deadly accidents. Like they would call him when people died because that's just what he did. And it's kind of led to his wonderful sense of humor that I have developed over time. And apparently (laughs) a bunch of people were bringing in illegal pythons inside of a dashboard of a U-Haul truck. And the guy that was driving it didn't realize that the whole thing had popped open. Whatever the escape hatch had popped open. Whole U-Haul truck got filled with pythons. <laughs> Apparently, they said oh the, co- the truck jackknife, and the dude came running out like, Oh, God, nothing <laughs> but snakes! Nothing but snakes! And then it was just cops, big, fat New York cops with nets trying to fucking snakes <laughs> up in the tunnels.
2: Uh, I
1: would pay sixpence for that <laughs> yes. uh, in a heartbeat, yes. Now, the closest cops came to a suspect in the Annie Chapman murder was a known woman hater named William Henry Piggott. Piggott. (laughs) Piggott had been seen not too long after Chapman's body was found drinking at the Prince Albert pub at 7 a.m., talking, as he usually did, about how much he hated women. All these walking around women with their smooth legs. They can shave their legs and get
0: them super smooth. And like, what do I do to shave me legs? Feeling like a couple of birchwood trees. Why it got to be this way? I wish I could get my damn skin so
2: soft. Uh, Mr. Piggott, it sounds like you don't hate women. It sounds like you want to be a woman.
0: And women walking around with their sensitive ideas, hugging and touching each other or enjoying each other's company. It's just dumb. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. All of them enjoying tea together and talking about their feelings and who's going to date Mr. Big. (laughs) I want to be the Samantha.
2: Nobody else.
1: I guess you're a time traveler. (laughs) Now The bartender noticed that the back of Piggott's right hand was spattered with blood. Blood with another streak of blood visible behind his right ear. The manager of the Prince Albert, Mrs. Fiddimont, followed Piggott to a club called Dirty Dicks where she lost sight of him. I mean, these clubs are all perfectly named. I have to
2: say, they knew their clientele, they knew what they were serving. Everyone in Dirty Dicks had a dirty dick. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Everyone at the fucking Prince Albert. Isn't Prince Albert in a a, can? I forget what that is. Prince Albert is is when
2: you get your penis pierced. Yeah. That's the Prince Albert.
1: And also Prince Albert is a kind of a tobacco. So kids used to call up uh, houses and say, like, hey, do you got Prince Albert in a can? And when someone would say yes, they go, well, then you'd better let him out. That's for the millennials.
0: (laughs) That's an old fun joke joke that we used to do. You used to call somebody up and say, is your refrigerator running? You better go catch it. Also, you have AIDS. We've weaponized it. (laughs) And we pumped it into your restaurant, and yeah. you say stuff like that.
2: That's kind of the escalation of of ribbing the neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> well, any bar like called like "Clean Arse" or any sort of reference <laughs> to sanitation at all. I don't think so.
1: Now, police eventually caught up to Piggott, but found that the blood had come from a bite on the hand that he had received after he'd attempted to help a woman having a seizure in the middle of Brick Lane.
0: We're always walking down the street, falling down and flopping around fish. And that's why you can't trust them, and that's why you can't be with them. There's nothing I like better than me and my body, Greg, and we sit and we kiss each other. I ain't got no reason for a woman. Hold my on. body, what? Greg's got the best body I've ever seen seen on a woman except for him being a man
2: but I don't what but, but you helped a woman huh oh yeah helped a woman I did she bit
0: me like she was some kind of wolf and I said to her stop shaking around this ain't no kind of hobby my best friend Greg would never lie around shaking around he would come home make me dinner and make love to me so deeply and tenderly that we don't even think about women <laughs>
2: I hate a woman always flopping
1: around. Yeah. It's a man's man. A man's man. And so after they discovered the seizure incident, Piggott was ruled out as a suspect. Police also finally caught up to Jack Pizer, a.k.a. Uh Leather Apron, from the first episode. But he was ruled out as well as he had been busy watching a building burn down during the murder of Annie Chapman, an ironclad alibi.
2: You know, people complain about having to stand up and turn the channel from their television if they <laughs> lost their remote. You literally had to change channels by running down the street <laughs> to see the house burning and then running back to see the corpse. That's the oh, only way you Oh, it's
0: amazing. Could- it's my favorite show. Oh, this is incredible. This is my favorite show. T- Oh, damn it, it's a repeat. A bunch of babies died in one last
2: week. (laughs) That is a sad show, but good entertainment for the people there.
1: It's like This Is Us. (laughs) Yeah. Now, after the Annie Chapman murder, W.T. Stead of the liberal newspaper the Pall Mall Gazette first brought up the possibility of the killer being a decadent aristocrat similar to the Marquis de Sade. Stead had written a pamphlet in 1885 supposedly exposing child profit prostitution rings run by e-centers but funded and used by members of the upper class so it wasn't a stretch in Stead's mind to pass the Ripper murders up the line to the wealthy. I gotta say I love this guy. I love yeah, this guy. right.
2: I mean, he's busting the pedophile rings that so probably royalty are you know just funneled up all the way to the queen and the king. I mean, it's well, disgusting Pomo stuff.
0: Gazette was also sort of a tabloid. They were liberal because they were working. They, the, their idea was they were against the aristocracy and the and the upper class. And so a lot of it it, it also sold newspapers. New, newspapers. <laughs> <laughs> What have I become? (laughs) It's sad. I'm turning into my fucking mother. Um, So, yes, it also sold newspapers uh, because people were interested in seeing people trash the aristocracy because it's fun. It's fun to say that they're a bunch of perverts and maniacs because we already know that for a fact. Yeah, Modern of
1: Yeah, of course. Well, I mean, this was also a double-edged sword, though. Uh, the pamphlet targeted in particular the music halls of the East End, which were oftentimes fronts for brothels, meaning that when these music halls were shut down, these women were sent out onto the streets mm. to be victims for Jack the Ripper. And these music halls, wealthy members of the upper crust of the West End would travel to get their jollies and quickly return to their posh residences across the river. And so, since the aristocrats were the ones supporting prostitution in in the East End, then it followed in Stead's mind that the aristocrats must now be the ones murdering those same prostitutes. Hmm. And the thing was, the aristocrats loved the possibility that Jack the Ripper was one of their own. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it made them feel like they were a part of the story. Right. But that, I mean, it's very telling that they identified more with the fucking murderer than with the victims. They loved that one of their own might be Jack the Ripper. It's kind of interesting because they would sit in
0: these salons and they would all guess who did it. And it was like this fun game for them of like they got to f- like do a little mystery. Mm-hmm. And also in the brothels and music houses, also called Dolph Houses, <laughs> which is kind of fun. I don't know why I thought that was fun. Oh, fun. Um, they had a a constant character in their sketches called champagne charlie which was the idea of a guy showing up spending a bunch of money and then basically sleeping with prostitutes and then going back to the east end it's back to the west end it's very interesting to see and they love that they did that for them because these rich guys would show up and be like it's me it's like me and they all like laugh and cheer and stuff while he's just stabbing prostitutes all night and they're just like oh this is just Collateral.
2: <laughs> this is a collateral damage. For there. the story, yeah, to make a good story, I yeah, guess. And Nothing's ha- changed, though, with that, huh? Oh,
1: absolutely no. not. No, the aristocrats would be up in the upper decks uh, while all of the EastEnders would be down on the ground. Hmm. Uh, so they could, you know, look uh, literally look down on them. So this was their sort of hometown hero. Jack the Ripper. He had become that. Yeah. And so it was from the speculation of W.T. Stead, along with, with the aristocratic class actually wanting the Ripper to be one of their own, that we get the modern vision of Gentleman Jack. Swooping down on the East End like a vampire to murder as he pleased. Hmm. And speaking of vampires, this is I found this very interesting. Just as Ed Gein inspired Robert Bloch to write Psycho, even if he says it didn't, Jack the Ripper inspired Bram Stoker in Dracula, particularly oh. the aristocratic angle as Dracula is, after all, a count. So is Jack the Ripper the first media sensation Easily. when it comes to serial killers? Oh yeah. Well, that's why he's the big. He's the yeah. biggest because he's the first. I mean, he was. He's the,
0: like the. Jo- he's the Johnny Appleseed of serial killers. <laughs> sure. Because a lot of it, they, they made up stories about it. And in the end, it's that because we don't actually know who did it, you can jam whatever conspiracy theories and theories that you want into it and it holds. And it just builds up the Jack the Ripper idea. He becomes like a symbol, not just a man,
1: like in Batman oh. from The Dark Knight. <laughs> oh, that's correct. Now, the fact remained that the police were not any closer to finding a suspect after the Chapman murder than they were after the Nichols murder. And so Commissioner Charles Warren decided to assign someone full-time to the murders A one Chief Inspector Donald Swanson. The police had also stepped up their patrols in Whitechapel, along with the Whitechapel citizens themselves setting up vigilance committees. And all of this effort to not only solve, but also to prevent further murders made the night of September 30th, 1888, all the more terrifying for it would be on that night that Jack the Ripper would take not one but two victims within less than an hour of each other.
0: Hmm. Can you imagine this? Any excuse to get a group of cockney assholes right. together <laughs> with a motive right it's it is that must be terrifying just all these swinging guys walking down the streets with buckets being like we'll kill you if you touch you and just like screaming at prostitutes i guess if you were among the groups it's fun
2: oh yeah anybody outside of the group is not having a good time a vigilante group yeah yes to kill someone who's killing your best prostitutes or sex workers (laughs) i absolutely think that that's a great time and a good cause i'm
0: I'm going to go on to say, what's that? No, no disrespect to the victims, but I don't think they were the best prostitutes.
2: (laughs) They were the the best best prostitutes. Lived. I think that they
0: because they were caddies. They're like cats. They can, you know, they got spider sense.
2: Oh, I don't think that. I don't. I've never heard of women of the night having spider sense before. (laughs) It's a strange thing for them to have. But okay.
0: No matter what kind of work you do, how you communicate is key. a long, rambling, one-sentence email at 4 o'clock in the morning to my beloved employees makes me sound like someone who doesn't just have a BA in theater. All right, I was taught how to be a tree. I was not taught how to survive as an adult. All right, My job was to cry in front of a weird Southern man who just told me all sorts of weird stuff about my body.
1: Done. Hey, did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the US with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the US? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, house plants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you.
0: Do you love saving money? Oh my God, you bet! Then Philo may be your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. That's amazing! You're going to watch it. You're going to love it. You're going to get involved with it, and it's an extravaganza. You're going to love it. With Philo, you can start watching in seconds. For less money and less hassle, try it yourself with your seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash left. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash L-E-F-T to get 50% off your first month.
1: Well, those vigilance committees, you know, the vigilante groups in England were nothing new by the time Jack the Ripper came around. They uh, were usually put together to prevent what they called, quote, rowdyism. Nothing's going to prevent rowdyism. rowdyism. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's a group of 50 drunken
2: men empowered with what they believe to be a good cause.
0: Yeah, deputized.
1: (laughs) It's horrible. Now, Elizabeth Stride, a.k.a. Long Liz, was born Elizabeth Gustaf's daughter in Torslanda, Sweden in 1843 and moved to London in 1866 after a prostitution arrest. Three years later, she married John Thomas Stride and changed her name. T- now her name was Long Liz because she was like five foot five. She was five foot right. five, yeah. So and was at this- the time, that was huge. <laughs>
2: this, but it, w- it wasn't one of those irony. Like I get called shorty sometimes. It's it's not ironic. No, no, okay.
1: it, it was not ironic. It was just because she was like half a foot taller than the average woman at the time. Oh wow. Yeah. So the two separated in 1877, Liz and John Thomas, and Liz fell into the same vicious cycle of drinking prostitution and common lodging houses that most of the Ripper victims had succumbed to at the ends of their lives. The night she was killed, Stride was seen by two laborers who spied her sheltering from the rain in the doorway of the bricklayer's arms pub with a man. The suspicious couple, as police called a prostitute and a client, were getting down to brass tacks when one of the laborers shouted, Watch out! That's leather apron coming against you! (laughs) Ha ha ha! Please!
0: Please come and hold me.
1: (laughs) This is a horrifying world. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Now, it's unlikely that this man was the Ripper, as Stride would be seen with a different man later that night, but it was nonetheless prophetic, although it is probable that men yelled this type of shit constantly at prostitutes that autumn. The bar they were in was called the Bricklayer's Arms. The Bricklayer's Arms Pub. Nothing Mm -hmm. says
2: comfort like the Bricklayer's (laughs) Arms Pub. (laughs) Covered in cuts. In Can we just have one nice restaurant, please? <laughs> or one pub? It doesn't sound but like we're about to get murdered. as a
0: prostitute in 1888, I would rather be yelled at.
1: Now, Stride was claimed to have last been seen at 11.45 p.m. by a man named William Marshall, who said he saw Stride being kissed by a man who told her before the two walked off together, You would say anything but your prayers.
2: <laughs> Is that a joke? Is that a <laughs>
1: It's supposed to be sexy. Oh. I think it. Yeah, it's like you would say anything. with your prayers?
2: It's disgusting. God. It's not. It's not sexy. There's nothing sexy about it.
1: You would literally say anything for a dollar.
0: <laughs> you fucking, you you street monster. Now let's <laughs> let's
2: have me have sex with you. Well, that's the worst thing I ever heard.
1: Now, if that man was indeed the Ripper, and he probably wasn't because that line is way too smooth for a serial killer, then at one a.m. I don't know if that's true No, that's a smooth line That's not a smooth line Can you imagine, hey Henry, could you give me a delivery Of how Richard Chase would sound delivering that line You would say anything
0: Bunch of prayers! Dude, it's the same me, line! Give me your blood! Give me your fucking... Give me your blood! I've heard you've got guts! Is it true?
2: <laughs> well, that's a little romantic, I guess.
0: They say the eyes are the window to the soul, but I say the eyes are a door to your fucking brain!
2: <laughs> well, that's inappropriate.
1: Mm, Wild. (laughs) In any case, at 1 a.m., Jack the Ripper led Elizabeth Stride to the yard outside the Jewish Socialist Club on Berner Street. There, in the dark, he pulled her close by the long silk scarf she had tied around her neck, held his hand over her nose and mouth, and deeply slashed her throat from left to right, just below the line of the scarf, killing her instantly. Mm. But! Before Jack could mutilate her like the rest, he was interrupted by Louis Deemschutz, the steward of the Jewish Socialist Club, who was returning from a long day selling cheap jewelry at Crystal Palace. And as Deemschutz turned his pony and cart into the yard, the pony shied away at something in the darkness and stopped short. Deem Schutz looked closely, but all he could make out in the dark was a bundle lying on the ground. He tried to lift it with his whip, but when he found the bundle to be too heavy for a simple poke, Deem Schutz got off his cart, struck a match, and briefly saw Elizabeth Stride's body laying on her left side, her head inches away from the wall before the wind blew out the light.
2: Oof. And I want to clarify it was great jewelry. Not cheap jewelry, very good jewelry. Not cheap jewelry, not cheap. it was Ooh. just
0: disp- it was good price jewelry. Good
2: price jewelry, my goodness. But at the
0: same time, what is cheap jewelry in Whitechapel? Is it literally just like, this one don't got blood on it. <laughs> oh, I like this one, I didn't fish this one out of the ass of a corpse this morning like <laughs> I normally do. Oh,
1: that's good. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good store. Now, some speculate that the yard was dark enough that the killer may have been hiding in the shadows behind Deem Shoots just a few feet away as Elizabeth Stride's body was being discovered. But Jack the Ripper once again got away when Lewis went inside the club to fetch a candle. Either way, the Ripper had not yet achieved his goal for the night because the Ripper was a product killer, meaning the kill was nowhere near as important as what he would do with the dead body itself. In fact... That's why he killed the body. That's why he killed his
0: victims as fast as humanly possible.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. and In fact, with many product killers, the kill itself is the least enjoyable part of the entire process. Jeffrey Dahmer, the definition of a product killer, said that the kill was more of a chore than anything. Mm -hmm. The real fun for them began after the kill was over and done with. Can
0: I ask you a question? Do you think it is actually
1: fun for them? The uh, actual uh, playing around with the guts and ripping it out and all that?
0: I don't Do you know think what- it's like childlike fun. Like Richard Chase had childlike fun, but that was also because he was completely, totally insane. Yeah. Jeffrey Dahmer, it was just the, really the only way he could come, right? Yeah. Where it's like that was the only way he could feel anything because he had total control over them. Andre Chikatilo, it was the only way he could have an orgasm. Mm-hmm. I wonder if
1: it's fun. I think some of them do have fun. I think BTK had fun. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the biggest assholes have fun, I think.
2: Well, you know, it's yeah. not playing the game that's fun. It's the victory celebration. And I think that's the that's,
1: opposite of what you're
2: supposed to tell little leaguers. That's the opposite. What you know? The the game is work, but the fun is when you celebrate all the hard work. So the the game in this case would be the murder, and then the fun would be the the ticker tech parade made of guts. <laughs>
1: Now, whether it was fun or not, Jack hadn't had his fill that night, so he moved west out of Whitechapel into the city of London proper and quickly ran into Catherine Eddowes, whose murder, while not as gruesome as the Ripper's final victim, would be the most bizarre. Earlier that night, on September 30th, same night as Elizabeth Stride's murder at 8.30 p.m., Catherine had been found surrounded by a crowd barely conscious in a doorway at 29 Old Gate High Street so blackout drunk she wasn't even able to walk. And we don't really know why there was a crowd all... Sur- surrounding her, just kind of pointing. Just
2: the town drunk has gotten drunk again, and everyone makes, you know, everyone has one of those days in Wisconsin. Get the- around.
0: Yeah. Get around, everyone. Gather around and see your fun little trick that old Catherine likes to pull. Now feast your eyes. Hike up my skirt. I ain't got time to use my hand. Feast your eyes upon. I am a human squirrel's nest. There are five live squirrels inside of my vagina. That's a good show.
1: Hey!
2: That is a yeah, good right. hey! show. It's five like the live Keebler squirrels. Tree. <laughs> yes. I mean, that's you just, and everyone who is mildly less drunk uh, takes solace in knowing that that will be them tomorrow night.
1: Yeah. Yes. yes. Now, the two constables who found Catherine Addos dragged her 15 minutes away to Bishopsgate Police Station, where she was booked in on a drunk and disorderly charge. A few hours later, at 12.15 a.m., she was awake and singing. The jailer asked her for her name, and Catherine gave him the fake name Mary Kelly, using the common name Mary and the last name of the person she had been involved with for the last seven years, John Kelly. Mm. And Mary Kelly, in a ridiculous coincidence, just happened to be the name of Jack the Ripper's final victim. And in another coincidence, Eddowes was released from jail at 12.45 a.m. right as the Ripper was claiming the victim that came right before Catherine. Oh my! God. So
2: he now he's on his third kill of the night. This is the second. This kill is his night. second kill. Yeah. So this is his berserker mode. You would say. Uh, yeah, uh, I would kind say, say so. Not, so. Yeah. Well, I he thought.
0: obviously wasn't satisfied because he didn't get the guts the last time, and right. so now he's looking to complete the job, and he's probably pissed. Right, because it's like one, like that's what you're going to see too—the rage that comes out. It's like what happened with BTK when the other guy was claiming to be BTK. You see this sort of like weird, like I will have control over human beings. It's a superiority complex. Right,
1: right. Now, Eddowes was last seen walking towards Mitre Square with a man who witnesses who claim to have seen him described as five foot nine, of medium build, with a fair complexion and a small mustache, and having the appearance of a sailor. What does it mean that he looks <laughs> like a sailor? He apparently Because they keep they keep saying that he looks like a sailor. He had a pack that sailors often wore when they were uh, offshore.
2: Ah uh-huh. oh. Well, then everybody in Williamsburg is also a sailor. <laughs> sailor.
1: They all dress like that. <laughs> now, at 1.30 a.m., P.C. Watkins of the city police had passed the southeast corner of Miter Square and later reported that it had been deserted. He turned on his heel and walked in the opposite direction, continuing his beat and missing the murder by minutes. Oof. The Ripper took Edos to the darkest part of the square, laid her down on the pavement, and looming above her, once again cut the throat deeply in one swift motion from left to right. He then began to work on the body. He cut down the center of the torso, starting at the sternum, going around the navel to the left side, then coming back to the right around the vagina. He then ripped open the wound to the right and removed the intestines, setting them over her right shoulder. But this time, he cut away two feet of those intestines and deliberately placed the piece between her body and left arm. He then opened the flap of skin on the left side and cut the peritoneal lining, exposing the kidney. He cut it out and removed the kidney before cutting out the womb and removing that as well. Then he began an act that was almost ritualistic. Not just satisfied with mutilating her body, he then moved to her face. First, he cut off her nose down to the skull. He then made two vertical slits through the eyelids and made two upside-down V-shaped incisions under both of her eyes. He then slashed away, almost at random, making eight more cuts to her face, removing one of her earlobes in the process. He then took the uterus and kidney and disappeared. He had done all of this in less than 15 minutes.
2: Damn. I mean, it seems like this guy, he made a Picasso out of her in some disgusting way. It doesn't seem like he's organized, though, does it? No. No. It seems so random what he's what he's choosing to, to slice and whatnot. It is very
0: similar. I think you're right, Dogmeat, with the idea of him being Richard Chase or being very similar to Richard Chase. And the idea, of there's obviously some, he's psychotic. The idea of cutting the the, the section of intestine out and like, putting it in between her arms and shit like that is some kind of, he is playing. Yeah. He is like literally yeah. like in the mind of a child playing with this stuff, like super curious, which is, uh, that's gotta be, that, that's gotta be something. He's gotta know what he's looking for at that point. He knows to cut the lining. He knows to go grab the kidney that way. And unless he's building a very macabre Mr. Potato Head <laughs> and wherever yeah. he lives, I don't think that what he's doing is necessarily of sound mind.
2: Yeah, it doesn't seem like what a doctor would do. They take great pride in very uh, precise incisions and things, right?
1: He's ripping open, but he is also knowing, he knows exactly what to look for, and he knows where to look for it. (laughs) Catherine, yeah, yeah, and uh, this woman, Catherine Eddowes, she was found by PC Watkins as he was coming back on his beat to inspect a coal hole that he had forgot to inspect earlier.
0: Oh. Yep, he's definitely still black.
1: <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Now, and when Watkins found her, he blew his whistle, causing police to come running from all directions, but not a one of them noticed a man moving in the opposite direction as he was most likely wearing a cloak to cover his blood-soaked hands. And that is where we will leave Jack the Ripper for this episode. Ooh, running away in a cloak. Yeah, we'll come back with next week with the message, the letters, and of course, Mary Kelly. Well, all if they right.
0: were to just knock him over, they would see under his top hat he'd have a couple of kidneys under there. But you know what's yeah. also interesting <laughs> is that he he, they him. also described him. I think he wore one of those Sherlock Holmes hats.
1: They called it a deerstalker hat. A lot of witnesses say that uh yeah, he wore a Sherlock or a lot of witnesses say that they saw a man wearing a deerstalker hat around the murders. Hold
2: on, Sherlock Holmes did all
0: this? Is that <laughs> Sherlock Holmes, he did cocaine. Also, the best part about that, that hat is you don't know whether you're coming or going.
2: That's <laughs> a good Especially point. if
0: you got a beard.
2: <laughs> yeah. And you can, if you're bald, you can put eyeballs on a mouth, paint them on the back of your head. Really shock people.
0: <laughs> I'm a backwards man. I'm a backwards man. Yeah. They wouldn't let me join the army because they said I was too simple.
2: <laughs> like a character from Nightmare Before Christmas. That's <laughs> yes, kind of fun. Yes. <laughs> man, what a horrible place Whitechapel must have been. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't sound like this was the good old days for Whitechapel. I'm sure they had some fun times.
0: Well, yeah, I'm certain that there was a blast. I'm sure there was yeah. times when you were singing the songs about, like, singing songs about how your shoes are filled with barley. Whatever their fucking, yep. their bar songs that they have. Like, you know, I am slapped my mother last night so I don't have to slap her again until next Tuesday. Like, <laughs> that, that kind of shit. It's like that, so. Of course those are nice.
2: Yeah, and of course there was Beat the Clock, which is uh, over there at the Brooklayer's Arms uh, pub where you had to beat the clock and you got free drinks, you know, if you did. That is fun, yeah, that's fun you
0: whats know, so yeah so it's you know what again it's like wherever you are you are there. you know that's what I mean right. it's like wherever you are you are there and it's about having fun make make fun with what you
2: got. I would love to see spring break in Whitechapel. Just all the FSU girls, all the UW all the UW Madison gals, just out there in Whitechapel. Just getting trashed. Ew. Just getting getting covered in cat's blood. Ugh, what's, what's in this pie? I'm a vegan. What's in the pie? Oh, you said it's cat. You like it?
0: You like it? I found as many eyes as I could, but I kept squishing them with my numb hands. My hands are numb.
2: Babe, let's get out of here. Right. Um, Oh, my God. All right, great research, great episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, uh, Let's see, we have some information we have to give the people.
1: Yeah, we do. Uh, The uh, most pressing information is our show this Saturday in Philadelphia, January 21st. We're going to be live at Union Transfer. The Cowmen are going to be coming and uh, playing with us as well. That's going to be closing out the show, so it's going to be a a huge show. Uh, We've got a few tickets left, but this show uh, is definitely going to sell out, so go to cavecomedyradio.com slash live Get your tickets there. We're coming to Kansas City, Missouri next week. We've got two shows there. There's a couple tickets left for our second show, uh, and uh, we're sold out in Chicago, and we're almost sold out in St. Paul, uh, and we've got a ton more shows in uh, March and April, so go to cavecomedyradio.com live uh, to see exactly where those shows are.
0: Philadelphia Fever!
2: Uh-oh. Well, I don't think that that was the best connotation to it, if I remember correctly. We can't bring really back Philadelphia
1: excited. Fever. We Well, I guess we can in Philadelphia. In Philadelphia. I,
0: I will have to say, I'm going to still apologize for that episode of Roundtable because I do feel that that was me. I regret... Some of the statements I made on that episode.
2: Yes, yes. Well,
1: technically it's hurt your career. Um, okay, so thanks so <laughs> much. And I for... also edited out the worst things that he oh, said. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was yeah. I mean, that was like middle of the road stuff that I left in. Yeah, so yeah. you can only imagine. And Of course, the only reason why we're able to come out and do all these live shows is because you guys support us on our Patreon. Uh, if you want to give to us, if you want to support last podcast on the left directly, you can go to patreon.com slash last podcast on the left. Even a dollar help. And if you donate just a dollar, you get pre-sales on on tickets for every single live show that we do when we can do it. Uh, So thanks to everybody who's uh, given to the Patreon so far. It's life-changing stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, thank you. I can't say any more than just thank you.
2: Yep, and thanks for supporting all the shows here on CCR. Every show is absolutely crushing it. And all the shows will have
1: products. Marcus, you don't like the it's term a, products. Henry, I find the word products disturbing.
0: We have products, products. will be sold and money will be exchanged for these products. <laughs> See, that's perfect. Thank you, Henry. Good. <laughs> Technically, God. it's merch. Mer- you want to say well, merch. That's biz also, talk.
1: Yeah. No, I
2: know it's also a product.
1: Yeah, I know it's products, but products makes it sound like you uh, sell plungers. All right. I feel out. like
0: I, I took a shit earlier today and I would like uh, it was so large, honestly. I called it a product.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Technically <laughs> it is a product. Very soon. I, I I can't wait for this. We're gonna have Don't Come At Me
2: With That T-shirt. That's right. We yeah. got some Ape Lincoln Stop Hat <laughs> shirts coming out. We got some round table shirts coming out. We got a whole bunch of fun products coming out <laughs> uh so thanks so much for supporting all those shows and if you want to rate and review all the shows that you love on ccr that would do us an amazing uh, favor because um you know we're crushing these multi these these shows with multi-million dollar backers it's just us yeah we we're, you five
0: know- stars only that's well, what i want to see i don't want to see, any, four, see any chintzy four stars <laughs> okay. i don't want to see any middle of the road three stars if you're doing two stars go someplace else. Well. you really think that you need to give something two stars, okay. you're just like, what are you, a
1: sommelier? What, is, oh, what are we doing goodness. here? So, yeah, the, the two stars are always the people. Remember that guy? I tried and I tried to listen to these guys. Yeah. It's two stars of the people that listen to 10 episodes before they decide they hate it. I guess so. Yeah. Well, either way, I whatever your opinion it. is. I get it. I
0: get hate. I understand.
1: Yeah, they have valid opinions. a
0: particular taste.
2: Yes, all of us are particular in some ways, but mm-hmm. I think all of us... Uh, we have a good chemistry oh, together yeah, on all the shows. We've all got a different flavor. We do. Um, what
1: flavor are you, Henry?
2: I don't I'm even like.
0: Licorice.
2: <laughs> you're going to have to bleep out whatever he says. So that's, that's the flavor. What flavor are you, Henry? Beep. Okay. Uh, all right. So yeah, check out Top Hat, Roundtable, Page 7, Sex and Other Human Activities. Um, Marcus, uh, we got Wizard and the Bruiser, another great new Wizard, show here. Wizard
1: and the Bruiser, Movie um, Sign with the Mads. That's another is. show here that you ought to go check out. That's with a couple of guys from Mr. Science Theater 3000. And yep. uh, yeah, Ooh. you can go check that out. Just go poke around the website. You're going to love You're gonna love it. Oh,
0: also follow us on Twitter, me Oh yes. at Henry loves you Marcus at Marcus Parks Kissel at Ben Kissel yeah. follow me on Instagram at Dr. Fantasty and follow everything last podcast and left at LP
1: on the left and yeah. follow me on Spotify uh, just search my name Marcus Parks I put out new playlists every week absolutely
2: we just had somebody send a, fu- a very fun video of him skateboarding uh, to your playlist while well, listening. I think he was listening to the Top Hat or maybe it was last podcast no shit I didn't but see he was, that uh, Yeah, it was something uh, interesting
1: oh yeah and I also want to thank Aaron Thomas for sending me the awesome Pink Floyd records in the mail he sent me uh, my favorite Pink Floyd uh, album metal uh, on vinyl. Very nice. And I want to thank somebody who sent us these hats.
2: They're uh, called toboggans in some parts of the country. Allie Crabble. Thank you, Allie. Allie so Crabble, sweet. Yeah, you're you...
1: really awesome, and I can't wait.
0: They're supposed to bring me mine in Philly.
1: Yeah, she excited. made us wonderful knit hats, and you can find her uh, products on Paranormal Knits.
2: Oh, awesome. Very cool.
1: Um, all right, hail Better yourselves. Better than
2: paranormal shits, I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, I think you already had one of those today. Products. Products. Hail yourselves. Hail Satan. Hail Gain.
0: Tell me. And my Hey guys, leave the prostitutes alone. Let them do their jobs. But try those cat pies. <laughs>